All righty, welcome back. Uh, you're listening to the Loop Page podcast, and um, this week I catch up with voice coach Catherine Beck, and she shares how you can get your audience to know, like, and trust you within the first six seconds of hearing your voice. All right, here we go. You're listening to the Luke Page Podcast, the number one podcast specifically made for coaches. Get ready for out-of-the-box conversations from the world's leading coaches and experts. We're going to be talking all things business, health, happiness, and just being the most amazing human being that you can. Why? Well, I ask, why not? You see, we're only here once. We've got one life, so let's make this thing count. I believe that we can have it all. All the money, all the love, all the joy, all the success, all the excitement. I'm here for all of it. And if you are too, then come along with me. Let's do this. Well, welcome. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. And then we get to do it again tomorrow. How fun. And we get to do it again tomorrow. Wow. We're going to get to know each other heaps over the next couple of days. That's it. That's it. um, Are you still doing next level? I am still in next level. Yes. Are you still there? Nah. How many years have you? um, I finished, I don't know if it was last year or the year before. Okay. Next level. Yeah, I did it for two years. Yeah. So... I can't remember, you know, like, you know, it's like that. You're like, what year was it? When did I Yeah, 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 exactly. I know. You've been doing it for I, a couple of years now? Yes, I did. Uh, this is my third year. I'm going on to my third year. And, you know, I just kind of wow. figured like. Three years. What? I, I'm, I, It just, you know, for the value of it, like, I think once you get in it and you can see, you know, it's it's great to have coaches there that can answer your question, give you the support if you need it, whenever you need it. The longer you're mm. in it, it's like, I might as well, you know, it just gets cheaper and cheaper and the value goes goes up. So, um, yeah. you know, and, and they know you, like the coaches know you. So if you have something going on, they already have like mm. the the back history. Yeah. So I don't know. I just figured what the hell I'm in. What the hell? I'm in. I'm in for life. I'll speak to you in five years. You're like, I'm still in next level. <laughs> I'll be like Moshe, still in there. Yeah. Moshe's still in there. Well, you'll be going into the, um, what's like the high one that he's got? The, the mastermind. The mastermind, yeah. By the way, anyone listen to this, um, Catherine and I, uh, we were in the same um, course by James Webmore. So um, that's how we've come to kind of meet each other. Um, exactly. So everyone's probably like, what are they talking about? Um <laughs> So yeah, Catherine. I um, obviously wanted to chat to you. Um, I I I reached out. I re- did I reach out to you and said let's do a podcast swap? Is that how this happened? Yes, I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So I reached out to Catherine. I said, "Hey, Catherine, we kind of know each other. Uh, let's do a podcast swap. You got an awesome podcast. I got an awesome podcast. You coming on mine? I know you'd be able to give my audience heaps of a, and then vice versa, right? So that's kind of what we're doing. So. Catherine's on today, mine, and then I'm jumping on hers tomorrow. So you see when I asked you, what do you want to talk about? You know what? The hook of your topic is sick. Like the how to get to know your, how to, how to get your audience to know, like, and trust you within six seconds of hearing your voice. And buy, <laughs> and buy from you within six And seconds. buy from you. Okay. I, I missed that one. So how to get, yeah. So I was like, this is going to be a really interesting um, episode and I loved the hook of that how to get your audience so what do you say how to get your audience to know like trust you and buy from you within the six seconds of hearing your voice yeah I call it the six second sell the six second sell mm-hmm. well guess what I'm pumped for the six second sell um, 
Can we do like a little bit of an intro, Catherine, into how you came to be an expert in this topic? Because I know you are, right? Mm. But anyone listening to this who hasn't met you or come across you yet, they might be like, okay, cool. This sounds cool, but who's Catherine Beck? And I'm like, whoa. Well, here we go. We're going to introduce her. So can you, because I know, this is what I know from yourself and obviously okay. fill me in. You were a... You've got an acting background and mm-hmm. then you were coaching actors to change their accent. Is that mm-hmm. right? You came to mm-hmm. Australia yeah. and you were like change, help, helping actors change their accent or helping them with their accent, right? To um, sound American. Like, for example, American, yeah. an Aussie like you wants to sound American so they could book US roles. They come to me. Can you, um, do you know what? Actually, Nate, let's do, I got into, I, I've been, I started doing a little bit of acting last year. So I've been doing acting, yeah. Yeah. Um, legit. Um, I've been doing like, just mainly just little, little stuff, like kind of um, non-speaking roles. I've done a few TV commercials. I've been doing um, a lot of social media ads and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually auditioned for my first short film, like a lead in it last weekend, which was like, man, this is the whole journey, Catherine. I mean, you know, it's like you've been, yeah. you've done it. And it's so weird because, like, I'm in this audition playing these characters and I'm like, I'm not even an actor. I've done no acting training, yeah? And I'm, like, (laughs) hanging around legit actors. And it's funny because I said to these people, I said, look, I go, I don't even know if I'm wasting your time. I go, no, I know you called me in here, but I go, I've got no acting experience. I've just been doing, like, commercials here and there. I've got content creation experience and that's kind of where I've, you know, just learnt my stuff. I said, my biggest issue is my belief. Um, mm. I know if I had put it this way, if I had, because I have insecurities around my acting. When I go in and I'm in a room of actors, I'm like, "Whoa, this Luke, this is out of your comfort zone." Yeah, so mm. I have an insecurity around that because I'm around. I'm like, "Well, these people have done so much training and I haven't." Um, but here's the thing: I says that I know that I can pull it off because acting's kind of like we've all got the emotions like we're just a normal person we have all access to it yeah it's being able to you know turn it on in the moment type thing without seeming fake so you know well, just being a person yeah what are you, yeah. what's your thoughts on that as Meryl Streep says it so beautifully yeah, <laughs> acting is living truthfully in imaginary circumstances mm. and That's when it. you yeah, think nice. about it just real life being as we are we are living truthfully in our day-to-day experiences the only thing is we're just tapping into our imagination when we're acting but we're still being truthful right and so as an actor Mm. you're always coming from your perspective your take your view on the world and the character comes from you so there is no fakeness about it because you genuinely are yourself and you're now seeing the character through your eyes. And so there's kind of like a, a, a mesh between the two, you know, and that's where you mm. start to understand your character's point of view and perspective. That becomes really important when you're playing not so nice characters, you know, where you go, how could yeah. I possibly play a, a, a junkie uh, drug mm. dealing murderer? <laughs> No. How can I feel for them? But you can. 
because everyone is a human being. Everyone has a reason why they have become that person in the world. And so you've mm-hmm. got to first and foremost feel for your character. And that comes from you creating that connection. So cool. That's so cool. I mean, the, um, the, uh, the role that I went for, it's like this guy and the scene that I had to audition for, he got angry. Yeah. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's just interesting. The whole, like I said, I'm so new to it and it's just so foreign, but I'm going through it and going, what the hell am I doing? But I'm like, I'm kind of doing this at the same time. It's exciting. Um, You know, I recently saw an interview or a clip of Tom Cruise and he said, you're not trying to be an actor. You are an actor. The moment that you decide I am an actor, you are an actor. Mm -hmm. So it's not a matter of, you know, being a professional actor or having all these credits to be able to claim yourself as an actor. Right. You're, You're an actor. And the moment that you make that decision, that's where... That new journey begins. Interesting. Love it. So tell me about a little bit more about um, how you kind of got into what you're doing now. Yeah. Um, you were saying that you were help. Were you particularly helping Australians or you helping anyone with you to, to get the US accent? Okay. So I was an actor living in Hollywood, doing the dream as we doing all do. Dream. And sure. uh, by chance, in walks an Australian into the bar that I was at started speaking. We fell in love six days later. I was like, Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? He was getting on a plane to go back Mm -hmm. to Sydney and we were in love. Seven Mm -hmm. months later, I found myself married, moving to Sydney, Australia. And I'm thinking, how is an actor who's American going to get a job in Australia? I don't sound Australian. So I found a dialect coach to help me speak Australian, (laughs) and I worked really hard at the Aussie accent for about three months, and I put something down, kind of like a self-tape scene of me speaking in the Aussie accent, and it was okay. I gave it to my agent, and she said, no one's going to hire you over an Australian for a role. She was basically Mm. telling me to give up, and me being the stubborn American, I was like, I will not fail i I, I will i will master this accent and i will book australian (laughs) roles and so it took me a good year but Mm -hmm. i did it and i worked out the things that were holding me back and i could see how so many actors when we are you know asked to perform in other accents those things that were holding them back from booking roles and really genuinely committing to being seen as somebody from another country. So Mm. actors started asking me to help them do the opposite, to sound American so they could book U.S. roles. So it started locally working in Sydney. And then one day I met with somebody who was like a digital marketer person. I found them online and I said, hey, I want to get more, you know, one-on-one clients. I'm in Sydney. This is what I do. And he said, why are you thinking locally when you could be working globally? And that just blew my mind. I was like, what Mm. do you mean? And he was telling me about this whole online world that basically what I did, I could do anywhere in the world online. So that was was the start. That was was in, I think, probably 2016. Yeah, right. So I was, I was back hooked. Back in the was early like, days. Back in Whoa. the early days. Back in the early days. So then I kind of went online. I was like, how can I learn about online courses and how can I take this online? 
And I found this guy who created, well, he had a course to teach you how to make an online course. So that was like the first step. I took this course to learn how to create an online course. Mm -hmm. And I started pitching my course, which is called, now it's called All American Voice. And it was specifically designed to teach non-U.S. actors how to master the American accent so they could book U.S. roles. And I really struggled selling it because I was not the marketer. I was the coach. And uh, I just... Very common story. Very common story. Did not know how to communicate how uh, my product and and be able to sell it so then lockdown happens and the explosion and it was selling like hotcakes everyone wanted to work on their american accent while we were in lockdown and so legit legit that's legit yeah oh yeah so i went from selling like two or three when i would try and launch to like at the start of lockdown i opened up the doors i did a launch and i made I think something like $24,000 in sales in that launch after Mm. selling like one or two at a time. So I was like, what's going on? So that's when. (laughs) What is happening? What is happening? That's when I I met, you know, um, James Wedmore and and got into his world and and signed up for Business by Design. And that really changed my perspective about online marketing and what it's all about. And and then. Mm. Then I realized, gosh, you know, I'm teaching something that I know, like I'm really good at teaching this, but this actually isn't really what I want to be known for. What I want to be known for is helping others who are experts, who have a voice and aren't getting heard, aren't getting seen. They're, they're not standing out and they're actually really struggling to make money doing what they love to do. Now, mm. I'm a voice coach. The thing is, is that growing up, I was a really shy girl. I was afraid to speak up. I was afraid to raise my hand in class. I was afraid to be seen. And I also hated voice classes when I was in acting school. That was like my least favorite class. So it's a really sort of random thing that I ended up being a voice coach. But it made sense because of my greater purpose is that I really wanted to support people who consider themselves kind of like the industry's best kept secret. They've got this skill, expertise, knowledge, but they're Mm -hmm. having difficulty getting seen and heard and selling what they do. So that's when I started to pivot. And I still do voiceovers even to this day. And in 2020, this is where the six second sale is coming in. 2020. Prepare yourself. (laughs) Prepare yourself. (laughs) I was hired to be the voice of this brand. And it was the first time I'd been asked to record six second commercial ads. Was it your American accent? American accent. In Australia, though? It's, well, I was recording. They're based in the US, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So these ads were going to be, the six-second ads specifically, were going to be like online content uh, and also, I think, social media. And Mm. I was like, wow, six seconds, that's so short. How can I possibly do anything in six seconds? Because up until then, the shortest ads I was doing was 15 seconds, maybe 10 seconds, but even that was kind of new. Six seconds was like brand spanking new. And so when I looked at those scripts... 
I was like, huh, it's one sentence. They're literally taking their audience from problem to solution in one second. Uh, sorry, in six seconds. One sentence, problem to solution. And I thought, if big business brands have tapped into how to be able to sell in just six seconds to uh, assert their authority, create a connection with their audience, and sell in six seconds. Mm. Personal brands could be doing the same thing too. You and me could be doing that as well. And that's where I started to realize that those first six seconds that we speak, whether it's on camera, in a podcast, in a sales presentation, like a webinar, are your most important prime real estate because that is where you've got your audience's attention and it's up to you whether or not you can keep it. They're placing the, judgment on you, and they're yeah. they're deciding if they want to continue to listen to you in those first few seconds. Hey, I just want to quickly jump in here to tell you about this awesome new training that I've put together. It's called the Three Steps to Get to 10K a Month as a Coach. Now, if you're a coach and you're currently making under 10K each month, and you want to know how you can get there for yourself, how you can be doing 10K months, month after month, then you probably want to check out this really awesome training. I've kept it short, only goes for 14 minutes. You don't even need to opt in, so save your email for another spammer. To watch it, head to www.lukepage.com.au forward slash 10k i'm gonna pop that link in the show notes but anyway let's get back to the episode do you remember what the six second line was from this company no not specifically because i've done several for them like i i'm still doing ads for them so i've i've been doing it for about a few years now but if you go on let's say tiktok you know when you open up your tiktok first thing you you see is an ad yeah so is the first thing an ad first thing's an ad right and if it's six seconds chances are what they've noticed is that people will watch a six second ad they will accept that where they will start to get irritated is now with the 15 second ad they're like it's too long so yeah They've noticed that people will actually watch a six-second ad. Now, this came from YouTube back in 2016 is the first time we were introduced to the six-second ads came from YouTube. So when you open up the YouTube, that's the first thing you see is that short ad. And again, Mm -hmm. chances are because it's so short. Well, actually, I think with YouTube, you have to watch it. Like you can't skip. They're making you do that now. They're making you do it. Yeah, but you'll watch it, you know? So if it's six seconds, you're actually paying attention to it. So Mm. that's something that all of us can be doing as personal brands is really utilizing those first six seconds. Mm. I had a couple of questions written down, which we're going back. Okay, Um, back it up. uh, I mean, it's kind of unrelated. I just curious about this why do you think everyone was buying during lockdown was it because Mm. we're like oh i got all this time now and these things that i want to do like do you know why yeah well obviously i think it probably depends on your market right but Mm. people were they had extra time on their hands also Mm -hmm. if you notice this because we're both in australia they had mm-hmm. a little extra cashola. Like there was that, uh, what was it called? The cashy, cashy, cashy. The, uh, uh, they had the, the um, oh, ins- what was there it? was some the, sort the, of ins- job seeker, job, job keeper thing. Yeah. That, the job seeker, job keeper. That, Crazy times. Right? So, the, so funny. They had that extra money and they're like, well, what am I going to mm. spend it on? I'm at home. You know, there's yeah. nothing I can do. I can't go out. I can 
maybe I can learn a new skill or do something that I haven't done before. So for me specifically, that was a time where my current audience was like, I really want to work on this. Usually I'm too busy. Now I want to do it. Yep. Uh, Australian accents, are they hard to do? They're hard to learn. Like, and (laughs) you know what I mean? Obviously you're from the US, but I mean, if you had to learn an Irish accent Mm. or a South African and then Australian, like is generally US, America, they like, oh, fuck, the Australian accent's tough. It's so tough. It's really hard. And what do you think that is? Well, a couple of reasons for Americans to learn the Aussie accent. It's so foreign to us, right? So we don't hear it as much. You hear it a little bit more now than we used to. But like back in the olden days, the only thing that we knew about... Back in the olden days. Yeah, like before, you know, social media and the digital age really made the world a, a much smaller place. All we really knew was Crocodile Dundee. Crocodile Dundee. I knew you were going to say that. Right? Oh, my God. And the Irwins. And the Irwins, yes. Yeah. So we didn't really have... Yeah, you didn't have a lot. Yeah. So that's why, you know, you'll get like an American is really open (laughs) when they're trying to sound Australian and it just... Oh, wow. It doesn't sound good. So it's, it's a lot harder than mm. we think it is to look you can mimic your way through an accent but if you want to really develop that level of mastery we know mm. it's a skill like anything else you know how do you get good at a skill you got to practice it takes hours and hours mm. of training nice all right let's get into this um six second cell okay. so what is it um Anyone listening to this go, okay? Because like when you said that you described, which is a very common thing, you know, the audience listening to this, Catherine, are coaches. Yeah. Um, and I assume if you're not a regular listener and you tend to look through my episodes and go, okay, what's it about? Yeah, and you've clicked onto this. It's because, you know, the, um, the headlines caught you. So there must be something where it's like, okay, something with my voice. Um, and like you described, you're the industry's best kept secret. Um, you're great at what you do. You know your stuff. But when it comes time to, oh, I've got to make all this content. I've got to jump on video. And I've got to, you know, express what's in on the inside. It's like sometimes very hard to do if you haven't had a whole lot of practice at it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, what's this? What's the six-second six sell? And um, how can we actually install that into our new system i I call it a program upgrade what do we say my wife and i say um i can't remember what we said it'll come to me later on but uh (laughs) we say something about a program upgrade but anyway so yeah talk to us all right so the six second cell you can use in any type of content even a webinar or some sort of sales presentation podcast Basically, anytime you communicate, you can use the six-second cell. It is literally the first six seconds that you speak. And in those six seconds, that is your time to attract the listener, to want to continue to listen more. So in those six seconds, what we're looking for from the other person's perspective. So let's say let's say you're creating short-form video content. Like let's say you're making TikToks. Mm -hmm. In those first six seconds, 
what your audience is seeking from you to decide if they want to continue to watch or listen or even work with you is they want to feel a connection. They want to feel like they like you, right? Like you are someone that they can relate to. Like you would have them over for a cup of coffee and you would sit at the kitchen table and have a conversation. So they're Mm -hmm. seeking that. Because when they go online, they're seeking a couple of things. It could be entertainment. It could be education. It could be inspiration. So they are seeking something from you. You know, in this digital world that we now live in, we've lost that ability to connect with others. And so one of the ways that we're looking to connect is by going online and and watching content and feeling like we understand that person that we see on the screen. So that's one. Another thing is we are looking in those six seconds to understand if we can trust you. Are you the person that is going to be our guide, our mentor, our coach? Are you exuding authority in those first six seconds? So we've got authority, we've got connection, and the other one is authenticity. We want to feel like you are really being who you are when we watch you and when we hear you speak. So all of that can literally happen in six seconds. In fact, it can happen in two seconds. There was a study done by Princeton University that had people listen to a person's voice just two seconds, and they were able to accurately uh, assess a person's likability and trustworthiness within two seconds of hearing someone's voice. Well, so connection, trust, this is all in this first six seconds. Yeah. Connection, trust, authority, and authenticity. Yeah. And it can even be done in two seconds, which is nuts. Yeah. Um. So how do we pull this apart, Catherine? Do we go through how to build connection, how to build trust, how to build authority, authenticity? Because I can imagine one thing I was thinking, I'm like, all right, well, cool. How do you you exude authority, for example? Is that the way you want to do this? Is kind of pull apart each part? Like what, what, where do we go from here? Yeah, great question. Okay, well, first and foremost, there are different things that you can do with your voice to exude all of those characteristics and qualities within the first six seconds. And that's why someone like me who does voiceovers, we're hired by the brands to do it because that is our skill. We are able to literally take somebody on a journey and influence them through the power in our voice. But where you're going to get stuck is if there is a belief or a story running deep down inside that is holding you back from showing up authentically, showing up as the authority, creating that authentic connection and truly being authentic with your audience. So the first thing is really identifying, like, for example, if we're talking about you, Luke, with doing the Mm. auditions and not feeling Mm -hmm. like an actor yet, if that is Mm. running in the background where you're feeling like an imposter, that's going to show up in your performance. Mm. 
And that's the same mm. for any of the coaches listening. That's going to show up every time you create a video or a podcast or any sort of content using your voice. Let's say you're, you're doing a sales call or a webinar. We will feel it on a subconscious level. Your audience is sensing that you don't have that trust within yourself, that you are second guessing your authority, that you are feeling that imposter syndrome syndrome. So that's the first step because mm. we have to understand. Um, yeah. I was going to say, I'm really nodding my head. People can't see me right now, but I'm nodding because that's exactly what I said about the audition. My belief, it's climbing and building, right, with this actor thing. But it's, I know it's the number one thing. If I had the belief, I guarantee my acting would be so next level. Mm-hmm. I know that I can do it. I know I have the skill set to do it. But my belief is still not at the level. So I'm just nodding so much because I'm relating to this. Yeah. Um, and it's so true. So, yeah, keep going. And that's the thing about your presence and your energy, right? You've got a physical presence and you've got a vocal presence and your voice literally is energy. In that frequency, in those sound waves, you're transmitting whatever your internal thoughts and beliefs are is exuding out of your body to the other person. So it doesn't matter how much you want to fool yourself into thinking, I'm on, I'm going to be professional, I'm going to be so awesome, I'm going to do a great job. (laughs) If deep down inside you don't fully believe it, if there is a limiting belief there, it's going to hold you back from that result that you want. So I talk about communication being three layers deep. That's the first layer, the layer deep down inside that we do need to shift that voice story. Because if we don't shift that voice story... We're always going to be running from that voice. So basically, we want to start to create a new voice story for ourselves that's going to match the person that we are today. Our voice needs to match our brand, needs to match who we want others to see ourselves at. So if you want to be the leading authority, well, now we've got to sound like it. So it first starts with that deep layer. Then there's an internal dialogue. And that is orchestrated by those thoughts or the feelings you are having in the moment when you actually communicate, when you speak. So if you're thinking, I'm nervous, well, then you may have a little quiver in your throat, you know, like you're going to hear it in your voice. But if Mm. you're thinking, I am so excited to be on this podcast and share my expertise with Luke's audience, well, then that's going to exude through the audience, right? They're going to feel that, Mm. you know? They're going to resonate with that. And then we have our external dialogue. Those are the literal, actual words that we speak. And even with that, with our communication, we can be really savvy about influence and persuasion of the actual words that we use to communicate with our audience. So when we combine the three, that's where we get really powerful in converting really fast, just like in mm, those so six the th- seconds. They're the three levels. Number one, belief. Number two, internal dialogue. Number three, external dialogue. Yeah. Talking about belief, what is it that we need to believe? Exactly. So, for example, with me, the acting example, is it that, hey, I need to believe that I'm an actor, I'm worthy to be here? And is it for the coach, I believe that I'm a coach and worthy to be here. Like, what is it? Um, can you, if you can give me an answer for both for my example and for the coach listening to this? 
Okay, so I can, usually what I do with my clients is we work through their voice story. So we identify, and there could be potentially multiple voice stories, but we start with one. We look for that story that is revolved around our voice, which has essentially held our voice back in time. And this is why we speak the way we do or why we communicate in certain situations the way we do. Why maybe we feel a little uncomfortable using our voice in a new setting and that imposter syndrome comes up. What is a situation or experience that happened when you're younger and could be different ages? I tend to find it's really interesting. It tends to be more of that like either middle school or early high school years where maybe you had to do some sort of talk in front of the class or it's, you know, you're in a new group environment. That's where a lot of stories tend to reside around. And it often can also be an experience that you think is really simple, mundane, doesn't really like cause great trauma, but it's an experience that your body has held onto and your voice is stuck back in time. So when we can get to that root of why your voice is stuck there, then we can start to shift it and move it into this new direction. So for a lot of us, it doesn't even matter, you know, if it's an acting audition or if you're a coach, it all comes back to let's go back in time and figure out what is that experience that has almost has like a tight grip on your voice and is, is holding it back. Okay, why is it that I have the insecurity around acting but I don't around coaching? So, for example, I get on and do a video with my coaching. I'm like, yeah, I'll smash it. Um, but then the acting thing uh, and simple, I in my own mind, I'm like, well, I've been coaching for so long. I've done so, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of videos. I just kind of know it. The acting, I'm new to it. Yeah, it's yeah. I haven't I haven't mastered it yet. So that's what I say. Couple um, of things. There's a there there is a slight difference between yeah. showing up as yourself and showing up as a character. There is a slight difference right. there. As okay. a character, you're ultimately probably going to tap into a level of emotions and vulnerability that you mm-hmm. may suppress as a coach. So you may mm-hmm. not allow yourself to open up fully as much as you would as an actor because you need to as a Mm. coach we do still want to have that openness and connection with our audience um, but it does not have to be at the same degree as an actor and it's new right it's completely new experience while you do have screen time it's a different type of screen time and so it does require that level of screen time and practice to be able to get to a mastery level which you've been able to do in your coaching but now we're taking that skill set and we're applying it into a different environment and that's always Mm going to be a little bit uncomfortable i know when i went from being an actor and then being a coach and getting on video as myself i found that very confronting i felt it really hard to do and the only Mm. way it got easier is by continuing to show up and do it each and every day what made it confronting for you well a lot of actors are introverts and 
you know, even if you look at like someone like Robin Williams, he was quite the introvert as well. Mm. We, of those actors who struggle to show up in real life and really be the life of the party and, and, you know, want the spotlight on you. We actually don't want the spotlight on us. When we are the character, that's where we feel seen, heard, acknowledged for our craft and our, our talents and our expertise. That's where we come to life. It's almost like permission to, to, to be ourselves and, and, and to, to be in the spotlight and have all eyes on us because it's safe because we're not actually showing up as us. We're showing up as a character. So there's like, like yeah. sort of that, that barrier in between us. It's not really me. It's a character. So it's okay. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. But then yeah. when I show up as myself, then it's like, oh my gosh, like I don't have a script. I'm not behind somebody else. It's just me. It's very mm-hmm. exposing. And, yeah. you know, some people love that. Other people don't. And, and that is something that I've never enjoyed. And you tend to attract those in your world that are very similar. So a lot of my clients are, are the same. They really struggle with putting themselves out there and showing up on camera and using their voice. And so I just think of myself as, as the, the guide, as the, the mentor, the leader of the industry's best kept secrets because I understand that feeling. I still feel it today. The last thing I want to do is go create video content, but I do it because I remind myself of the purpose of why I'm doing it. It's not because of me. It's about those that I can help, that I can serve. And when I make it about them, it allows me that spark and drive and excitement to create that video because I know that when I put it out there, that's one more person that I can I can help. That's one more person that I can serve and support and every single minute that I hold myself back from creating that content is one less person that I can help. And it becomes selfish. And I don't want to be selfish. That is a very good one. Yeah, it's like taking the focus off ourselves because I think that's what we do a lot. Like a typical, and I was doing a live video yesterday and I know a lot of people um, aren't comfortable doing live and I've been there as well. Um, so I know what it feels like. But it's like, what are we thinking about? Us. Oh my God. How am I looking? Oh my God. Am I getting the words right? Oh my God. I'm going to stuff up. Oh my God. People are going to find out that I'm an imposter, that I don't know, that I'm not as good as I make it out to be, that I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm a fraud. People are going to find out. <laughs> but it's like, hey, hang on. Just come on. It's not about you. Like, it's about them. Yeah. It's about them. They're the one watching it. People are just want things for themselves. So making that switch, like you just shared there, Catherine. Mm. That is the key. Easier said than done, but I think it's like you almost got to like remind yourself. Is that what you did? Just remind yourself, hey, 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 look, just think about the person receiving this message. Is that what you were doing? Yeah. Yeah. I put my attention not on on me because then you're in your head. To be able to get grounded mm-hmm. and connected to your heart, you really got to focus on who this is for. You set your intention on that person. It makes it so much easier to literally get that content out, but also for it to resonate with the person that's receiving it, right? You can create mm-hmm. content and it's like there's a glaze over your eye, like you're just dialing it in. 
that's why the six second sell is so important is because in those first six seconds, you're creating a bond, a connection with your audience where they feel seen, heard, and connected. And that's what they're seeking when they go online. They're seeking that connection. And you are establishing that from the very first six seconds. With the belief, I know this is a tough one because it's it's you know very individual thing. But if someone's listening to this, knowing okay, well something's happened in my life. Maybe they're aware of it. Maybe they're not. Um, something's happened where I've had something happen in my life, some trauma, and it's like it's kept my voice. It's just locked my voice mm-hmm. type thing. Um, you know, you list they're listening to this and like okay, cool. Step number one is I need to shift the belief i need to actually believe that i can do this and i'm worthy to do it um but i need to go back and unlock my voice like is there anything that you can run through now with them because i understand this is like it's it can be very deep work. It is but deep is there work. Something like, they can do? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is a vocal transformation. Like it is a transformation like anything else when mm. you are Basically, you're unlocking your true voice that has been guarded and protected over time to keep you safe. And so we are literally bottling up our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings all deep down inside. So the first thing that I do with my students is I have you write out whatever the first story that comes to mind about your voice. When you remember using your voice write it down write down specifically what you hear who is there what's Mm -hmm. around you what do you notice what do you see what do you feel what do you say what don't you say Mm -hmm. what do you remember thinking or feeling but most importantly what do you remember others in that situation saying to you You know, so you get calm, get quiet, you can even meditate on it, and let whatever story pops into your head, that first one that pops into your head, go with it, and Mm -hmm. just write it all out, and then go back and look at what you, you wrote. You can literally vocalize it, right? You want to use your voice. And allow those emotions and feelings that, that come out as you're, you're speaking about it, allow that to come out and see what you notice. And one of the things I do with my students is we, we look very deeply at what others said to you in that moment. Because we're then going to craft what I call a vocal declaration. You can almost think of it kind of like an affirmation. But there was something that somebody said to you back in that day that you're actually carrying on carrying all the way into the present day. So it could be someone told you to be quiet and all these years now you are speaking quietly or you're holding back uh, many Mm -hmm. times when you want to speak. So it might have been that somebody said to you, be quiet. So then we're going to take that, be quiet, and we're going to see how can I frame this in a different way that allows me to do the opposite and now embrace my voice. So it might be, Um, like I'll use mine, for example, my vocal declaration is I have something to say. So you might reframe it to, I have something to say, or I will be heard, whatever it is that becomes your Mm. anthem. And before you get onto do video content, you want to vocalize and really breathe in 
your new voice declaration that champions the voice that you have today and gives you the permission and the freedom to speak from your true voice. Very cool. All right. Does that lead us into the second one, which is the internal dialogue? Yeah. So then the internal dialogue is literally setting yourself up before, let's say you create video content, is the thoughts that you set yourself up with before you create that content. So what is your intention from... Is this different to vocal declaration? Well, it goes along with the vocal declaration because that is something that you would internally say to yourself or you could actually vocalize it as well. But you also want to be thinking about what is your intention for creating this content so that we get out of our head and overthinking it and get into a connection with the audience. So you want to place your attention on the audience so when we can just simply think like, what is my intention behind this video content? Well, it's to help somebody X, Y, and Z. So you think about the Mm -hmm. intention, the reason why you're creating that content and that's sort of like an internal trigger so that you're putting it on the audience and not mm. on you. Okay, so it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Your intention for why you're creating the content or jumping on the live mm-hmm. or jumping on the podcast, you're thinking about, hey, what's my intention doing this podcast? Yep. Type of thing. Exactly. That's simple. All right, number three, external dialogue. Now, is, is this where we're like, you're giving us a framework? A, B, C. (laughs) What are we doing here? Look, you've got the words, you've got the messaging, you know exactly what to say, but it's in the actual delivery of it. And again, when just a short answer of something that you can play around with, because obviously, you know, it's a little bit more expansive than what we're doing on the podcast here today. But when you put your attention on your audience, specifically who you're speaking about, the delivery of your external language will naturally flow out as it should. It will sound like a conversation. It will create that connection and people will receive it in a very um, authentic and truthful way. Now, specifically things that I do with my students is with the external language, we actually look at specific words and phrases, the rhythm. We play around with the vocal toolkit to uh, naturally show authority, authenticity, connection, all within those first six seconds. So when you play around with things like your, your volume to the pace at which you speak to pauses to the melody and the tone in your voice and layering in emotions, that's where you can really take your audience to that next level and be able to create that no like trust and get people to buy from you in those first six seconds. When you're doing the voice acting jobs, are you, um, are you automatically say, for example, they give you a line, right? In six seconds, mm-hmm. whether it's six or 15, are you order, do you just read it and go, okay, cool. Um, you read it out first and then you go, sweet. How did that sound? And then you kind of just intuitively, do it again and go, okay, it's a little bit different. Like, are you, are you auto, kind of automatically doing it or are you consciously going, okay, you know what? There's a bit of a tone dip there. There needs to be pausing there. Like, what are you doing exactly? 
<laughs> we're we're highly trained, Luke. So a, vo- yeah. a voiceover artist is hired to be able to get a script, dialogue, mm. and be able to perform it perfectly on the first take. Because mm-hmm. we know that, like, specifically, let's say we're doing commercials or ads, they don't want to waste time and money on somebody who does not know how to deliver as it should be in that first take because mm-hmm. they want to really maximize that session time with you. So usually it's an hour session, and they want to ma- make sure that they get it down to a fine science. Like, I could be spending so much time on the delivery of a six-second ad, and you're thinking, how, why, why did they do so many takes, and why are you spending so much time specifically on that word? Because we want to mm. make sure that it really hooks people in when when they get that end result. So when I get hired to work specifically for a brand, they all, I already know it's going to be in my niche. Like they're hiring me because my voice is warm and friendly. It's quirky. It's now got a maturity because, you know, as you age, your voice shifts as well. So I know the types of brands that I would get hired for and the types of characters that I would be portraying as the voice. And so I already have that in my reservoir of, you know, now over 20, what, 23 years being a voiceover artist in my repertoire and experience that I know what they want. Uh, many times when I get hired specifically to do a job for a brand. So it doesn't take very long to know exactly what they want. And then it's just a matter of working with them and having that nice chemistry and workflow of they give a direction, you then do it for them. They give you another direction, you do it for them. And it's a real sort of working environment. It's a beautiful synergy. And the fact that, you know, you can be halfway around the world and have that connection with somebody that you don't even see, you only hear them in your headphones, but yet you're on the same page and you're creating something together. It's the most incredible experience. But what they treat, what they teach us in voiceover is something called like, there's three different ways that you could do a line. So you you know that there's like sort of like little tips and tricks that you can do in the studio session to deliver a slightly different read and give a different tone and a different take. So, you know, mm-hmm. we do do tend to do like sort of like three different, slightly different takes. Hey, I hope you're enjoying today's episode so far. Make sure you click subscribe to stay up to date because we release a new podcast every single week. And if you're getting value out of this, then share it. Share it with the world. Share it with someone that you know that would also benefit from it. And hey, tag us over on Instagram at Luke underscore page and we'll give you a shout out for the support. Thank you so much. Let's get back into this. So um, anyone's just listening to this and they've, you know, they've learned all about the six-second sell, and they're kind of like, well, cool, what's my next steps? What do I do from here? They know that they've got to create their content or whatever it is, do the video, do the live, do the podcast. They know it's coming up. What would you say they need to do now that they've listened to this? What's their next steps? Okay, one of the best things you can do is record yourself and watch back. Because you're going to sit, start to see, what I want you to start to see and notice is how is your audience receiving you. It's different to how you receive 
your own voice. So we got to start getting good at watching our stuff back from our audience's perspective. That it's going to give you a whole nother take on your content when you look at it from that angle. So you want to start looking at your content and listening and watching for, you know, things like the ums, the ahs, the filler words, the stumbles. Are you speaking monotone? Are you speeding up? Can people understand you? Is it landing? You know, Mm -hmm. all of that creates a world for your audience to decide if they know, like, trust you and want to buy from you in those first six seconds. So start watching your stuff. Doesn't the ums and the ahs and the slurs and the stumbles kind of make you authentic though? Yeah, but you can also be authentic without the stumbles, the ums, and the ahs. What that does is it challenges your authority. So you're saying as in if we're stumbling, we're kind of pausing and stuff like that, then it's like, oh, the question comes into, is this person an authority? Because someone who is an authority and is highly trained and been doing this a long time probably can get the message out a lot smoother. Mm-hmm. And would you, if you've got two people that are authorities and they're equally as good at what they do, but one is stumbling all over the place and the other one can say their message with ease, who are you going to go with? Is this a trick question? I'm going to go with the ease. <laughs> I'm going with the ease. I mean, it's just locking in. Who are you? Who are you going to be attracted by? Like you, you, yeah, definitely. The subconsciously, one are going to perceive the person that develop, you know, delivers their message with ease as more mm. of an authority than the person that's stumbling all over the place. Or yeah. the person that's stumbling all over the place, it might take you, like let's say you do launches, it might take you three to four launches before somebody decides to invest with you versus mm. somebody wanting to invest with you in that first launch because they go, oh, that's my person. Mm. How do we stop um, How do we stop being so critical? Because I know exactly what's going to happen is that someone's going to, you know, they're going to watch their video back and that's what we do. We just rip ourselves to shreds, right? So um, how do we stop being so critical when we watch back? Because it's like we're looking for the feedback where it's like, hey, how can I make this thing better for Nexco? But without getting into the part where you're, you know, talking yourself down and going, oh, that's terrible. Oh, look, look how I look. Look at how I sound. Yuck. How do you, you know, that fine line between, okay, I'm going to learn from this to I'm criticizing. Mm -hmm. What do we do there? Well, again, look, that's human nature. You know, we're all going to do that to a certain degree. But the more that you condition yourself to watch your work and start looking through the lens of the audience's perspective, not your perspective. So when you start noticing that you're getting in your head and you're thinking about it from your perspective, you want to start building your awareness to go, oh, that's right. It's not about me. It's about what does my audience see? It's about them. Mm. So you want to start increasing your awareness of what you're noticing and what you're experiencing. Beautiful. All right, Catherine, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all this wisdom. It's been a really awesome chat. Um, anyone that's listening to this with a like, oh, I want to check out Catherine, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Catherine underscore Beck underscore. You can find me over there and send me a DM. Let's talk. Yep, make sure you go follow Catherine and send her a message to let, let her know what the, the top thing that you got uh, from this episode. And uh, she's friendly, so go say hello to her. <laughs> 
Thanks, Catherine. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Hey there, I hope you loved today's episode. And if you did, I would really appreciate if you could leave us a review on the platform that you're listening to this on right now. You see, your help and support allows us to spread this podcast across the world. And we can't do it without you. Apart from that, make sure you're following us over on Instagram at Luke underscore page.